The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. NAIR is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand On Air. Tēnā koutou katoa, tēnei te mihi atu ki a koutou, ko whakawātea mai o koutou taringa ki tēnei kohinga kōrero ki tēnei kōna ipurangi, arā ki a nei. Ko te kuru o te marama dius, tēnei e mihi atu nei ki a koutou. Mai rāno, mai ngā atua, mai te oroko tīmatanga o te ao, hekei hoki a ruaumoko ki a tāne rore, ki a hine te rehia, ko te haka, ko te waiata, ko te poi, ko te oriori. Koe nei tuāhuatanga katoa o te ahurea Māori, kai o tātou toto, since the beginning of time from Ngātua Māori, from the cosmic sound wave of the call made by Papatuanuku to the sweet serenading tone of Hine Pūtehue, to the rumbling authority of Ruomoko, our cultural practices of haka and waiata in all its magnificent forms embody those atua, the whakapapa and the lineage that we trace to them and the intergenerational narratives that have carried them through time. Since way back in the day, right up to today, we continue to embody Tāne Rore and Hine Terehia, Haka and Waiata, performing arts. They are essential carriers of our culture that make us Māori, and the variations between tribes in the way we perform or embody those narratives and knowledge systems are defining points of our tribal identities. Haka and Waiata is still alive and pumping today from the Te Matatini stage, the pinnacle of modern kapahaka, to more contemporary adaptations to haka theatre. Māori performing arts has no boundaries and pushing those boundaries into exciting new spaces is our manuhiri today, Kura Te Ua. E nei, up next, we welcome Kura Te Ua no Te Rarawa, Te Upauri, Te Aitanga Mahaki, Te Whakatohea, me tūhoi anō hoki. Kia mou tonu mai rā. Tēnā nō koutou, ko eke nei ki te pae kōrero o nē, ko Kura Te Ua no Te Rarawa, Te Upauri, Te Aitanga Mahaki, Te Whakatohea, me tūhoi anō hoki. Kura Te Ua is a creative powerhouse and is leading a new movement within Māori performing arts in the area of haka theatre. With 20 years under her tīpare with legendary kapahaka Te Wakahuia, she's a seasoned practitioner of Māori performing arts. With her creative energy as a performer, she created Hawaiki 2, the game-changing haka dance theatre which has gone from strength to strength since its inception over 10 years ago. She's been doing some cool things in this space, including a recent US tour with Black Grace Theatre Company, as well as growing a new generation of performers in this space, and we'll let her elaborate on it for us. Kura no mai ki te kōna ipurangi o nē. 
How you been lately? Oh, it's nice to be sitting in one place, taking a breath. <laughs> yeah. After that big tour in America, eh? Yeah, after a big tour, um, I've come home to some um, pretty hearty projects, Kaupapa at the forefront. So uh, it's quite a productive time and energies flying so we are in the ro- we're in the role of things now <laughs> awesome Hi. we'll just go back a little bit uh to the beginning if you like of hawaiki 2 what inspired you to set up hawaiki 2 oh i think as a child i, I always had such a huge passion for kapahaka that was my thing you know that that child four five three year old um making a pupu out of newspaper <laughs> um you know just dreaming and singing songs in waiata Māori that I didn't even know the Māori words for, uh, creating poi out of socks. Um, and so right from a very young age, I always knew that I loved Māori performing arts. And so over the years growing, being inspired by haka teams like Te Wakahuia and the exposure to Māori performing arts in general, um, there was always something inside of me that felt like that there was a place for me and and. Eventually, after training in some performing arts and dance and a whole lot of and working with a whole lot of other companies, Māori and non-Māori, I realised that there there had to be a place for me because there wasn't a place that reflected who I was or what I what I needed as a kaihaka, which was te ao Māori, which was reo Māori, moana tikanga, and so. Um, Hawaiki 2 was born out of that to create a platform for, for Māori, for kaihaka, to be able to practice things like tikanga Māori and Aufari, to be able to tell our stories in a way that was uh, pono to us and truthful and and really have no holds barred because, you know, in haka there are seemingly square boxes mm. um, and it was created because I'm... Um, I don't do well with boxes. <laughs> I, I think they're good for parameters, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I like to see what's outside of the, out of that box or out of that circle. So it was created and out of the need to create a space for us to see ourselves reflected. And um, the initial company was formed in 2014 because we had to have a name. We went to the Pacific Arts Festival in 2014 to Pango No, it was Solomon Islands, I think. Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, and we had to have a name, and so on my application, it was just it came it came out, and it had come after a series of training in Mauraka with the Wehi Fano, and and a whole lot of things. So it really came after growing up in Haka, and then also doing some expression of dance, and then seeing others, and then knowing that there's a place for a fari like this. So. It was. I think it was already written that it was going to happen. It was just a matter of me stepping through the paces of training and being ready for it. Mm. 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 I love that corridor about wanting to find somewhere out the box because I love like te matatini level kapaka more than life itself. <laughs> but I do remember when Komatsu were talking to me, I won't say who he was because he might get angry if I say it in public, <laughs> um, about how... Um, our kapahaka, the kapahaka of today is so heavily influenced by um, the kapahaka of te pakanga o te ao tuatahi me te tuarua mm. and that sort of military precision that came in mm-hmm. because they were performing as troops mm. 
has a quite like heavily influenced our kapaka, so I like the idea that you've made this platform to just sort of explore outside of that again. Yeah, I think it's important to have a base and a fundamental understanding where parameters are mm. or a really strong foundation of what something looks like, and only f- until that's formed you can then go out, otherwise it gets a bit too wild, mm. you know, you just can end up in we- the rangi tu ha-ha's lost. Um, but I think haka forms a really, really strong basis for us to to grow from. And, I, and I, you know, haka was and, and is what I see the foundation of Māori f- performing arts mm. in the world. Mm. Mm. A lot of transferable skills, eh, going from... 100%. Yeah. What are some of those, like, for, for yeah. those normal people like me who don't have the, the repertoire <laughs> yeah, that you yeah. have? <laughs> well, I, I, grew, I was a very, very shy girl growing up. To the point where any time I had to speak in public or get up and do kapahaka, I just went bright red. Mm. Because, and I felt anxiety building inside of me, but I loved it so much. Mm. I loved it so much. And I en- ended up forcing myself to learn how to smile and learn how to do all those things. But some of the transferable skills that I've seen over the years have been about just that confidence, this, the ability to just stand and understand who you are and where you position and how you're placed in the world mm. only through haka because you've got you to stand in front of people and express yourself mm. all of your emotions in 10 seconds you know um, so it's the ability to just kind of stand and speak mm. it's the ability to um, you know through every haka campaign you're going to get challenged you're going to get pushed outside your comfort zone even at 40 years <laughs> old yes <laughs> um, you, you get pushed beyond anything you could ever think of every time. So you're always, you know, reinventing yourself through the process. Um, you know, the, the performance space that brings up uh, confidence and articulating yourself, how to work with others because it's not an individual, you know, space. You have to work. You have to understand how a collective works and how your what your job is. Mm-hmm. Your physicality, what, how you bring yourself to the floor, how you bring yourself to the space, how you pre- prepare yourself mentally. If you're going through stuff, you have to be able to work through all of those things. So I think Kapahaka really provides all of that. You know, it, it brings out the shy kid. It brings out the, the kid that's unruly into mm. sort of – it brings out the, the best in all kinds of kids and adults of Pakakia. I just – yeah – I it's a beautiful, it's awesome. way, beautiful way for our kids as well to learn discipline um, as a means for kotahitanga, not just because someone said so. Mm. That's yes. what I remember finding at high school. It was like, oh, I actually understand why we need to do this together, why we need to stand a certain way, why I need to listen when I'm told to do something or I'm getting drills for hours. Like. Yeah, yeah. And when you think about what the koroa said about going to battle and using battle styles and movements, they're all relevant because you, you are essentially going out to battle. Mm. You know, at a competitive level, you're, mm. it's you and the 39 others who've been training for how many months, every night, every weekend, um, and so you really put your heart and your sweat and your blood on the line together and you understand that when you get to that level. And even at non-competitive, um, you know, spaces, there's still understanding and learning how it works as, as a part of a collective, which is what our tūpuna always, you know, those were the principles that we were handed down. Okay. So, and, yeah, so I think there's a place for it all. Mm. Mm. How many um, kapahaka competitions do you think you've been a part of, you know, so far? Um, my first 
formal stand was in 2000 at Takaparafa with Te Manuhuia. And I think, oh, when I counted, oh gosh, I'd have to go back and count the com- competitions. But when I was last, when we last performed, which was February 2020, before the lockdown happened, we were asked to put our hands up, like how many years we'd been in. And when they said 20, I was like, oh my God, that is me. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. I've been at the game for 20 years. And, um, you know, as a young 20 year old, um, who prior to taking Kapahaka seriously was college and a whole lot of the, and I kind of I was there and I dabbled in it and I and I'd seen it but I never really took it seriously till I was twenty mm. where I wanted to compete and I was I had that here here inside of me to actually have the courage to to go and stand in, in a group who were my whanau and it was still hard um, so about yeah. twenty. <laughs> 20 years. Amazing. You mentioned, you know, you're really whakama as a kōtero. Besides, I guess, you know, having that hunger in your 20s to compete, how do you think it it differs now when you take the stage um, from maybe, say, yeah, in your 20s when that hunger first, <laughs> that hiakai first oh, came, came forth? Yeah, I see, like, <laughs> I see 20-year-olds, I see our rangatahi with the same fire and vibrancy that I had when I was 20. It was just like, I had the guts to try anything. <laughs> I wasn't afraid. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's a different kind of um, level, but um, when I see rangatahi and, and I can see it in their eyes, that hunger, it just it's amazing. And I guess over the years, you learn, uh, one, about the craft, about how each item, as a, as a craft mm. and a discipline, how each item requires a different part of your creative expression and how to express that. And you learn how to, how to express that appropriately. Um, so, you know, not having a big smile and a waiatatangi, or, and that comes with understanding te reo Māori. And mm. I wasn't a fluent te reo Māori speaker, and, I, and I'm still on that journey, but... Um, I think Kapahaka has been the enabler of me being um, connected to my own Māori in mm. some ways. And so now, you know, coming down down or up or sideways along the journey, um, I think gone from that 20-year-old, I think there's a sense of understanding the ability to control ihi, mm. <laughs> I think. And because my ihi as a 20-year-old was just out, it was wild, there was no... <laughs> There was no, nothing holding me, and I'd go, and then I'd try and do some dance on the kapaka, you know, and they're like, gotta, gotta come back, come back, gotta try, you know. But now I feel like I understand myself as a performer and how how to really express what is intended and, and what the story is or the theme or the message. Mm. So I think that comes down to sort of understanding what ihi is and, you know, korongapo, my, you know, mentor of all leaders, in my life, he, t- he spoke about ihi being, you know, as expressed through the, the pukana for women or the fetero from men. It's expressed in the wiri and the way that you stand and the way you express yourself. And when you express ihi, the audience feel wihi. And he says, you know, when the audience, they sit up on the edge of their seat or they break a sweat or they get goosebumps, koirato ihi e rongo nei mm. they, they feel... It, they feel your ihi, which transmutes into wehi. Mm. And then between us, we create an orb between us, which is, you know, wana, 
It's his mm. energy. It's his vibration. It's when you're in an audience and you see a haka group and you can just feel this. You know, like it just happened at the haka ngaho a few weeks ago. I was away, but I could feel, I could feel that wana all the way in America. I could feel that kaorano te teo Māori. Mm. After two years, haka has been again the vehicle to bring our culture alive. Mm. You know, haka and so yeah. I think now understanding a bit more about. He compared to that twenty-year-old, and yeah, she was pretty wild. I'm still pretty wild. <laughs> I mean, you're out here touring um, the world and yeah. creating platforms. You've obviously still got the fire. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's it's just mutated. It's mm. just kind of transferred into something more beautiful. Yeah. Wow. I think that's awesome. That's a great corridor. And that transference of energy is literally mm. my favorite feeling. In the whole world, oh. that's why I love Kapaka so much. Can't do it, yeah. But I love to you be in can front feel of the it. Wehi, I, that's why they say, "Oh, come mo to It's like, oh, I've got it, and I and I, you know, oh, I just even when I watch performance and it and it makes me sit up or it makes me break a sweat or just I'm engaged. I'm like, oh, come mo to Yeah, the roller coaster, especially oh, because yeah. you guys are so adept at. The roller coaster is not quite the word, but the the piki mete heki o ngā kariaro to, and it's like it's gentle and it's beautiful one minute, and then it's blowing your mind the next minute, and then it's like you know all the powers just drawn back and then oh. pushed forward, and it's a skill like I've never seen in any other performing art. Mm. You know mm. that just beautiful control of mm. the emotion of the ihi and the wehi. It's mm. just so awesome, so cool. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> You talked about, you spoke about rangatahi and mm. the ihi that they have, and now you've been working a lot with rangatahi mm. in the last few years. Mm. So tell us about otaya. What's that kopapa? So mm. that is, you're growing a ecology. I'll steal that group <laughs> of yours. I love that uh, for growing an, a new generation of performers, not necessarily in te ao haka. So mm. tell us a little bit about otaya. Otaya, um, otaya is a is a program or an event at this point. It's a program that enables our kids to express themselves through haka theatre. And and it was started last year as part of a, a partnership with Auckland Life. I worked as a kaiarataki there for Auckland Life who, you know, specialise in massive live events in Tamaki. And they came to me and they approached me like, Kura, what, what's something we can do for Matariki coming up? And I was like, well, I've got something in my back pocket. I hope you're, you know, I don't know if you're ready for it, but <laughs> here, here it is. And, and initially that came out of um, creating a space for rangatahi to express themselves through haka, through theatre. Um, and this, this event was created. And so last year we started it with three kura Māori. Huani uh, Waititi Waiorea and Te Kurukaupamari o Te Kotuku, where they created their own haka theatre productions, performances. It was 30 minutes, which is, you know, that's that's a whole bracket. Mm. <laughs> like, when I look back, I'm like, I can't believe I got these, you know, asked them to do that. But they just, you know, it was the first time. Um, and there was a group of 10 of us, or mātanga, that would call them, experts in the fields of theatre, uh, Māori movement, um, lighting, sound, kākahu. And so we supported these three kura over a period of six weeks. Once, you know, a couple of times a week we'll be in the school helping to prepare their, mm. developing their script and a whole lot. 
And in that process is where we see massive, massive transformation. So there was three schools last year. They performed at the Kirite Kanoa Theatre, the biggest theatre in Aotearoa. Wow. And, um, you know, it was just so massive to see a whole theatre full of Māori and parents and aunties and uncles yeah. watching their kids transform. Some of these kids, oh, man, when I started with some of them, some of them would just, their heads were down, and I just think, oh, man, I see myself reflected. Mm. I can see a part of me that was you. So, you know, and just together with this matanga group, we helped them to stand up their performances with some light and some sound. So this year uh, we've got uh, eight schools on board on, on this, and we've, we've been engaging with them for the last couple of months, developing their scripts. So today, uh, for the next six weeks, today was the first day of the next six weeks where our ringatohu, our directors, there are six of them, are in with the kura, helping to you know weave their stories and they have a script yeah, over the next six weeks to, to perform on the Kirite Kanawa stage. Yeah. So that's oh, wow. that's the mahi, eight schools we were ten, and it's a combination of kura Māori, kura Auraki, and kura Tuarua. Mm, it was not limited to. I think it's for everybody. I think it's for everyone. Some of the kura have only real Māori scripts. Some have both. Yeah. Um, but the next six weeks is is going to be very. It's a, it's going to be um, yeah on on our half. You know, we owe it to them. I think. I think we owe it to our kids mm. for this. They're, they've been in the haka space and they're ready for something else. Yeah. So just come from um, Rutherford High, Rutherford College, to Kotuku of Jeff Ruha, who's leading them. And, man, you know, get in there. They're straight into a warm-up, you know, all these burpees and running around. <laughs> and I'm like, Jeff, you're the man. He's already written their script. So that what it's doing for the schools as well is that the program, so we've created an education resource so that where they can get credits in te haka, cool. um, te reo Māori, dance and theatre. Oh, so through awesome. this program they get credits, you know, because mm-hmm. it's all good to create a show, but, you know, if it doesn't go contribute towards the time and what they're learning, then yeah. it's going to be half. So that's a real cool thing. We've got a matanga group of uh, 20. So we've had six writers, uh, six, uh, six, you know, really awesome directors, well esteemed in their field and there's six specialists who are in lighting and sound who are helping to, to build this and then all of the kayako what it's doing for the schools is it's bridging all of the different departments together to work together mm. whereas there hasn't sort of been one kaupapa that's been able to do mm. that for schools so mm-hmm. you know Amazing, you know, all these cool things. So. When can we see these performances, please? And where <laughs> yes. can we get tickets from? Absolutely, we um, we pre-sell, we go, we launch the Kopapa in a few weeks. So it's the thirty-first of September, where the Kopapa will launch publicly, and then the performances will be on Thursday, the 29th of September. So about oh. six weeks away, um, and it's just so cool because that's it's an evening performance, eight schools for each session, so it's two halves, um, but. As part of the dress rehearsal, which is the day before, we're inviting 28 schools to come along and watch the open dress rehearsals Aww. because, you know, again, the opportunity is that other kids can see themselves reflected. And so they'll all come and we're looking to host a um, Arangatahi Expo outside on the Aotea Square while all at the same time. Mm. 
Um, while the opportunities there, we we want to leverage on that. Yeah. Mm. Massive. You're up mm. there, you're going to have fifty schools that are going to be wanting to be part of this next year. Well, that's the you hope. Ready for yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely the hope is to share this regionally and then nationally. Awesome. That other kura and regions and Aotearoa can all um, benefit from this. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Keen to know a bit more about Tau Haka, eh? That's the um mm. the the new curriculum mm. for Haka, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. that's pretty that's pretty recent. I think what is it? It's only been two three years since they launched that. Mm-hmm. They're still piloting. Mm. Oh yeah, how has that process been? Like getting that program rolled out, and and what's the the uptake been? Yeah, and as well, you know, what what have what have the benefits been for a lot of our tamariki who you know. Like just you've just talked about, they're so keen and they're so good at hapahaka, and oh, now they yeah. get get some credits for it too. They get some credits for it. It's um, there's the tauhaka still in the pilot phase, so I think after mm. this year they're going to start to roll it out to more schools. And five of the eight schools involved in Otaya are piloting that program. Mm. So it's it's you know we're in year two at the moment. Last year was just like let's just see what happens. Year two again, we're we're gradually building towards creating a really sustainable model for for schools to be able to take part in because you know I really our I think our heroes are our kayako mm. when I as I go into these schools our kayako hold our kids for how many hours of a day mm. they they discipline them in a way that we you know as as parents working parents may not be able to right. I really think that we owe it not only to the kids but our 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 kayako to support them to to get our kids over the line through initiatives mm. like this. So we're in year two and Te Haka will, you know, flourish, I guess, over the next um, couple of years. But the uptake has been fortunate for me because I know I've got existing relationships with some of the kaiako and that's actually how they all came on board where I hit up some of the kazi bros and, mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, guys, I've got a co-papa cool. and, you know, they're like, this Best is going to do be it. Yeah, yeah. good for my kids and, and how are you going to help me? I was like, yes, so... I, that's actually been the window in for me is is been connecting with cousins and friends and kaihaka who mm. who I've seen have yeah have the here here. That's to do fantastic. This. Mm. I mean, I was actually just recently having a, a rant because I didn't know that this existed that this pilot program existed. Having a rant about how many mm. of our rangatahi and I, I was I was like this at high school where I worked really hard and I had lots of discipline and motivation in Te Ao Māori and in Te Ao Kapahaka mm. and I was failing in school yes. and I didn't understand why teachers and principals didn't just recognise what, you know, the the, reo, the kaiako reo and the kapahaka kaiwhakahaere were mm. doing right. Mm. You know, it was just mm. that was just something you did in your Sight, spare time. Yeah. Mm. And then back in school you're meant to just, you know, do what you're told and be a very good reader, writer, mathematician. Mm. And it, yeah, it just always ripped my nighty that they didn't take lessons. Like, how how are these people mm. being so good with our kids and keeping them motivated mm. and working hard? Like, mm-hmm. why would you not take the opportunity to look at that and be like, what can I learn as a yes. kayako? Which is, I think, one of the best things about our ohaka is that it recognises the the learning, the life transforming that's happening, the the mahi that the teachers are really putting in. That you know, you look at the credits, you're like, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. That goes towards us. So I think that's one of the awesome things about our ohaka. It recognises yeah. what we're naturally doing yeah. well, 
And um, some time. schools have really nailed, um, you know, haka with uh, curriculum and work, school hours and work, so that they're really up to par in both areas. And yeah. I think haka is like a is like a treat, you know, if they're doing well in their school subjects, then they're, and I think they take into consideration all of those before yeah, allowing them to do kapahaka, so, yeah. And it just makes sense they'd offer it as a subject, day. Eh? Mm. I mean, mm. they they offer PE, I mean, <laughs> yeah. arguably, yeah. I obviously never did PE, um, as you can tell by the tone of my voice, but, um, you 100%. know, we, there's so much more that haka brings, mm. you know, i te taha wairua, te taha whānau, uh, the taha that right. you know, running up and down, doing laps or running around the field, burpees, whatever can give you. <laughs> Karoha to anyone who is a big PE person. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, at least now they're doing it. I love PE. I love PE. Yeah, PE. Yeah. 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 You've talked about aspirational vakaro for rangatahi and reasons why you set up Hawaii too. What I would like to hear is your vision, and you've articulated a lot of it today. But what's your vision for? For Hawaii too, and also for this new gen that's coming through for the next five to ten years, because I know you've got a very clear one. <laughs> I can hear it. One of the visions is that is creating a centre of excellence in Māori performing arts, where our kids can thrive in a space that acknowledges and uh, that develops and grows Te Reo Māori, Māori performing arts, and that arts is the vehicle that takes them through that out into the world. Business, you know, it's such a critical part of being an artist that we weren't taught mm. about the, the business side of managing yourself and you, you've got a great idea, well, how do I bring that into fruition? Mm. I'm, I, I'm a self-made producer because all of my ideas, I just wanted to see how, you know, so I'd learned how to do things, but... Mm. That's one of the biggest visions at, at this point, and I'm having discussions with people about how to bring this into manifestation mm. as, as, as a centre. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a long game, hopefully not too long, but, yeah, that, that's one. Otherwise, it's really just to, to have centres and spaces where Māori performing arts can help bring our kids confidently into te ao Māori, me te ao Pākehā, mm. and weave them together strongly. Mm. I mean, obviously that the centre of excellence is, is one of them, but it's actually when I think about, um, you know, haka theatre in schools and in marae and regions and places is that, um, you know, this Hawaii too really is, again, the vehicle that's going to show our people what another option of haka is. And having just come from, you know, the States and America, Man, we see it all the time. People love haka over there, but it's just really exposing the world to to you know to haka Māori performing arts through Hawaii too and Aotearoa and the world, but also having a real strong base here that 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 puna where our mm. kids can grow and not just our kids pakeke because I still get heaps of our my age saying, hey, where can I come and learn what you do? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're never too old to get, you know, to do some, you know, lunges down the room. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. And is there an opportunity for people coming through who, I know in the sort of the Tematatini stage, you, if each and every person has to have each and every pukenga to stand on that stage. You've got to be able to use your bodaka or your poi and sing and have a strong stage presence. Is there room in this program for someone who just has beautiful dance but can't sing or someone who has beautiful voice but doesn't know how to move their tinana? 
Yeah, I think there's room for an otaya for all of it. Oh, you know, you don't have to be kaihaka, which is why I didn't want to limit it to just kura Māori. Mm. I wanted it to be for for all of our kids who are interested because haka is part of your curriculum now, but also it's growing in the in the interest. It's a part. It's becoming just like te reo Māori, just like all of these other spaces in business. I wanted it to be for for everyone. So, yes, definitely for otaya. I think with Hawaii too, there's a, a succession, and currently we've just reformed um, our academy which ran ran for f- five years um, before I went to work for Auckland Live and that was the puna where I would train, um, you know share the skills with Hawaii too so that they'd come to the company and so we've just reformed the academy this year um, to reignite the puna because awesome. there's some major projects coming you know, only in a month away less than a month and mm. I was like it's time to to whakaora nei um, te whare o Hawaiki too. Mm. And so in that whare, um, if you have a very strong hia hia, doesn't matter if you're not the best at haka, yes, that helps. Doesn't matter if you're not the best dancer. Um, but I find that even though I'm not classically trained in dance, I'm a trained kaihaka, I'm a trained performer, that I'd rather take somebody that has, who knows who they are, where they're from, and understands the the um, journey of Māori performing arts over a trained dancer, mm. over someone that's been trained in other forms. I'd rather have somebody to work with that is moldable any day, yeah. any day, hands down. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Where, where did the contemporary, so you mentioned you're not a trained dancer, so where did the um, interest in start incorporating contemporary dance moves um, come in and, and where did you draw those from and how did you start blending those with um, with haka? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not classically trained in ballet and I think what I mean by that is I haven't spent more than 10 years you know they say 10,000 hours plus you become a master, like I haven't spent that many hours yeah, yeah. but I did I did train in you know, you know ballet and I have trained in ballet but just not as much as I've trained in haka so I learned the form <laughs> yep. the forms of contemporary I learned the forms of ballet and um, I trained at the um, the University of Auckland and they had a pilot program, it was the first dance program they ever ran, I joined it, I was the only like brown face in there, <laughs> my first class was a third year ballet class, I was like what the heck are you doing oh in here queer. oh my god, oh my god and so it was, and because it was a pilot program they pretty much just gave us all kinds of dance from jazz to everything. Mm. So it was pretty much two years of just like everything. Um, and but and so that's kind of what evolved my style and the way that I like to create over the years. So, yeah, that's sort of what I mean in terms of not, not being classically trained for a certain amount of years. Yep. But I have, you know, I have... You've done the work. You've done the work. It sounds like you're just being very humble. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it does. (laughs) Yeah. It's so interesting because I, um, in an old life, in another life at Kuratuarua, I did contemporary and jazz Mm. and kind of struggled with it because I came to it very late, similar to you. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like the only brown face with all these rich Pākehā girls who'd been doing, you know, ballet since they were three Mm. and I'm like trying to point my toes. Mm. (laughs) it wasn't until I watched Atamira mm-hmm. um, Dance Company and I watched their show Onepu and I was like, oh my God, like this is a dance, this is the dance style I've always been looking for, mm-hmm. those elements of contemporary without the, the rigidness, yes. eh? Mm-hmm. Was it a natural, did you naturally sort of fall into, oh, actually there's um 
there's elements of contemporary dance that lend themselves really nice to haka and vice versa. You know, is it quite a a natural transition for you to blend those two? Yeah, hundred percent. There's never been a moment where I was like, "This is contemporary and this is Māori movement." So Māori movement is the the sort of genre that I coined. Because I didn't want to call it contemporary dance, and yeah. and that style came from haka, and it came from mauraco, and it, and it was fused with those elements and this conventions of contemporary, and that's how that sort of what I like to sort of share as Māori movement it came into form. It did happen naturally. Funny, funny you say Atameda because that was one of the first contemporary dance shows that I ever went to, and before that oh, I didn't lovely. really know how it was where I fitted in. I didn't know because I was only in my first year of this dance program. So I went and I watched and I saw that, Ngaitahu 32, I think it was, and I immediately knew that there was a space for me mm. and there was a space to be filled beyond Atamira. Mm. You know, there's a, and that was such Hi. a cool thing. Like Kurongapo used to say, he knew myself and my brother, Kiriyama, we were just kind of, there was something else. We were always outside the box. We were always <laughs> doing things outside that box. And, um, he always said, you know, there's a place for you. There's a place for all of us, be it Māori dance, be it kapahaka, but there's a place. And so in terms of the, the ecology of dance and Māori performing arts and arts in the country, I think there's a place for all of us, specifically Hawaii, to come from a haka base. And we, and, and we train then in contemporary, where other companies might come from a contemporary-based training mm. and then seek to um, look at Māori kaupapa or things like that. So it's just the variant and we all fit in somewhere as long as we're all contributing to the ecology where our kids can see what what's there for them then I then I think we, we're all doing our part mm. yeah mm. Oh, well. I'm nerding out right now I just I forget <laughs> how much I get excited about Kani Kani oh, awesome. <laughs> I cannot wait to watch one of your shows yes. what were some of the major learnings or outcomes of your trip with Black Grace to America. What was that like? I, I I was very fortunate to go with Black Grace and that relationship came into fruition uh, when Hawaii 2 were preparing to premiere our latest show called Tauri Te Zahaka Dance Theatre Show in, in uh, September of last year. Actually, this time last year. Mm. And then two weeks before we went into our last lockdown, um, we we were so we were two weeks out of the premiere that we'd been oh. trying. And so in that that um, development rehearsal period, I'd approached Neil. I, I believe he's one of the best in Aotearoa in terms of contemporary dance and fusing it with his roots in Samoa and contemporary at such a, a level that has been, you know, sustainable for 27 years mm. in Aotearoa mm. and that travels internationally successfully, potentially one of the only in Aotearoa consistently. Mm. Um, and so I approached him to come in and work with me on a couple of sections Fortunately, he said yes. He, I don't think he knew what he was saying yes to. <laughs> um, and he came along, and he was just so humble in his sharing and the way that he shared with us um, different techniques of how to tell the story that we were wanting to tell. And that's where the relationship started to bridge. One of the corridor that he shared was that Hawaii 2 reminded him of why Black Grace started back in 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, here are these passionate Māori who, you know, tikanga underpins everything mm-hmm. and our stories were just oozing through. And he was, I think he was blown away and he was more happy about dance in Aotearoa mm-hmm. and the future and there's hope for this thing that's going to, you know, be going. So that's where the relationship continued. And then... Um, you know, over the over the last or period of few months, he'd asked if approached me if I wanted to tour with them to 
the states, and you know, of course, I was like, <laughs> "You're okay. What am I going to do for Black Grace?" You know, <laughs> think here's a Maori, um, but you know, he's like, "Got it. Absolutely, would love." And so that's where it ended. We had a six week uh, rehearsal period, and for me, watching him create a show in six weeks was phenomenal. Wow. He, he was able to. His composure was just so calm, mm. and I was like, "I know how much pressure you're under." <laughs> Over in you know the US, here are three major festivals, major dance, prestigious dance festivals that we were invited to on the highest levels that we were creating a show for. That were asking for all the lighting plans and everything, and the show hadn't even been created. Um, and then we've got a season here in Aotearoa over the next few weeks as well. So. He's creating all these different things in the way that he was able to just compose himself, watching his creative process, how he was able to um, articulate some of his creative thoughts and put them onto the floor was just really special for me mm-hmm. because I've been in this place of, of, I guess, leadership and having to create things all the time and being in a place of having to be a few steps ahead of things all the time. It was nice for me to just kind of absorb mm. his process mm. and be a part of that yeah. and, and 100% contribute to it. So the show reflects Aotearoa, which I, I believe it's the first company that I've performed with that are non-Māori, but are, you know, that the spirit, the vibration of the company is Māori, mm. oh, it's from Aotearoa. And, um, yeah, so that's been, that was really one thing that I felt so grateful for, watching how he he and his dream team just managed the, the tour looked mm. after us, managed the relationships. And while I was there, you know, fortunately for me, he had uh, created opportunities for me to meet the directors of these festivals. Oh, now, for something like that to happen for somebody in Aotearoa, you have to be in the industry working at such a high level to even get it ends on mm. any conversation with these people. So I feel like he really believes in the vision. Yeah. And he's just like, whatever you need, we're, we're here. So I'm like... About that, Tori is coming up in December. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some unfinished work to do. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, lots of learnings. There's a place for us in, in overseas. And that also, uh, COVID's not really a thing over there. I forgot how much traveling makes you feel alive, that mm, anything yeah. is possible. I mean, yeah. New York is really concrete jungle where dreams are made of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it was really awesome. Mm. Well, you got a lot on your plate coming up. So there's Otaya, six weeks. You've got Taurite in September. Um, so Otaya is in six weeks, and we're creating a brand new Haka Theatre production. We're, we're well into the development of that, and so we're going to look to uh, present that in October. I'm really excited about that. The last time Hawaii 2 had a, had a um, high-scale haka theatre production was 2017. Oh, wow. At the ASB Waterfront Theatre. It was a cast of about 20. So I'm really, really excited about this one coming up. Um, more details to come, but, um, yeah, so that's that one. And then... Um, be, uh, halfway through November, we start our rehearsals for Taurite, which oh, yeah. will premiere in December, in the first week of December. Cool, cool. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And a New Zealand tour with Black Grace. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So, in two weeks, I think it's the 4th or 5th of September, we're at the Kiritikanoa theatre um, with Black Grace which is going to be awesome, I'm going to share the show that we we shared with you know the overseas audiences, the, the cool thing is that it's it's kind of tailored like Neil's kind of shifted it and altered it to suit, well with a whole new set that we couldn't, we didn't use overseas so it's mm. kind of going to be a new show but a, yeah it's a re- 
vintage show. Beautiful. Then Wellington and Christchurch. Mm. Beautiful. And then Matatini, yeah. 2023. Hi. <laughs> Will you stand with Wakahoya? Oh, that is the biggest question everyone's been saying. So, like, with all of this on your plate, are you going to, like, yeah. Well, let me be the next person to ask. (laughs) My ambition is to, yeah, especially being here in Tamaki, especially with, um, you know, a group that I'm so loyal and loving towards, Mm. you know, that have kind of bred me. (laughs) Do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm more looking to see how... um, Hawaii too can feature right. it to my city too. <laughs> nice. Oh, that'll About be cool. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I think that's all we've got time for today, so we'll wrap it up. But piki mihi kia koe hoae, kura mahora nei yo mātauranga, e whakakipakipa nei tētahi reanga hau i roto i nei mahi, ka mau te wehi te rā kōrero, i tō haina e koe, nā tō pāpa, mō te ihi te wehi te wana, uh, he tino taonga te rā kōrero, nā reira, e mihi nui ana ki a koe, uh, i nei kōrero. O tira, uh, big mihi to my co-host, Leonie Hayden, Mariana Johnson, and to our podcast manager, Te Ahe Butler. To our kaifakarungo, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on Instagram at Ne Te Ao Māori Podcast. Give us a follow and a share if you like the kōrero. We hope you feel inspired by what Kura is doing and think about how we can all support our rangatahi into uh, Māori performing arts, how we can support Kura on her mission. You've heard the dates and the shows that are coming up. Uh, so let's all get into it. Feel the ihi, feel the ihi, feel the wana. Māori ora. Māori is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand On Air and brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network. It was hosted and researched by Te Kuru Jews with Mediana Johnson and Leonie Hayden. Nair was produced by Te Aihe Butler with senior production from Jane Yee and project management from Mark Kelleher. Kia ora e te iwi, Te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.